Welcome to Why Logosynthesis Works, a podcast that explores the transformative power of logosynthesis. I'm your host, Kathy Caswell, a master practitioner in logosynthesis. And in each episode, I'll be talking with a professional therapist, counselor, or coach who has experienced the profound benefits of using this model in their own life and in the lives of their clients. Join us as we explore the reasons why logosynthesis works and discover how it can benefit your own healing and personal growth to unlock your potential in work and in life. Hi, Kristen Anna Rood is joining me from Zurich, Switzerland, where she works as a life coach and a trainer. She's a master practitioner in logosynthesis and um, also a trainer in logosynthesis. She is the chair of the certification committee for Logosynthesis International Association to maintain the quality standards of the logosynthesis work. So thank you for joining us today, Kristen. Welcome. Thank you for having me yeah, for this interview. Yeah, I wanted to um, have a conversation, I guess, to understand a little bit about your work and um, and to thank you for providing the case study for the book and to talk a little bit about that case study. So to begin, I always am interested in knowing what initially attracted people to logosynthesis. Can you tell us a little bit about your introduction? Yeah, my introduction was around, I think, 15 years ago. I did a supervision and coaching education with Willem. And there we got to, we heard about, I heard about logosynthesis for the first time, and it sounded a bit weird to me. Not real, that can't function. That was the first thing I thought. But then I went to a, a counseling session with Willem, and I really felt a huge shift. I didn't know what happened. I don't even remember now what was the issue. But I, as, as, I, as I went out of his office there, of his practice, I've just felt something has changed. I can't, I can't really <laughs> describe what it is. Something must be there. And then I started to interest me for, uh, I have interest for that. And, uh, I realized that I could solve a lot of blocks. And today I'm really standing in another place than I did uh, 10 years ago. Wow. Uh, yeah, it's great. You know, I, for many years, I um, was a trainer for parents with the problems with children. And each time I stood in front of the group, I don't, I, I didn't actually know why I was doing this, but this because it was a huge distress for me each time standing in front of this group. I, I you know, I had sweaty arms and went out and I was just finished. And after working in some sessions with logosynthesis, change happened there. And I can say today, I also in my function as a trainer for logosynthesis, I love my work. And actually what I love most about it are these trainings. So that's very interesting. And do you feel nervous standing in front of people now? No, not at all. You know, I have the impression 10 years ago, I had the impression these people, they want to harm me in some way. 
And as I realized that and can work on that, it's it's gone everything. These people, they are there because they're interested in what I have to say, actually. Yeah. Yeah, and that's one of the things that I find interesting with the work with the logosynthesis, because a lot of times people say we um, learn to cope with it. So we know we're going to experience nervousness when we get up in front of a group. And we learn to be strong and cope with that and have courage to work through it. And um, the beauty with logosynthesis is when you resolve the block, you don't have to have that courage or because it's not there anymore. It feels it's different. Gone. It's nothing you can, you train then, it's in you. Or you realize this isn't what I'm here for and then you drop it and that's fine as well. <laughs> I know that logosynthesis is used to support a wide variety of concerns. Can you... Tell us a little bit about what type of issues you work with um, in your coaching practice. Oh, there are very different issues. At the moment, for instance, I have a woman. She doesn't, she wants to, to get self-employed. At the moment, she does, she's, um, she does, she isn't working. She has small kids and is thinking about working, but she doesn't know. Mm, shall I go for self-employed or, or do I want to get, um, how do you say that in English? employed as I have, yeah. have a job right. in, a, in a company or something and uh, she doesn't know and there are a couple of issues in there about being afraid of not having enough money if I'm self-employed about a husband that tells oh no don't do that you know and we're working on all these these blocks and this stuff coming up and now she is really uh, has decided she wants to go for self-employment as that's one example of what's just happening wow. in my practice yesterday, you know. <laughs> wow. Yeah. So is it a lot of people coming with work concerns to help them cope in the work environment or? Also, but also, you know, relationships is issues. Why do I always run into these men that let me go, let me down, you know, uh, yeah. that might be, or lots of family issues also with kids. Right. Right. And teachers, as I wrote in my in my case, you know, also they are really it's a wide specter of of issues in there. Yeah, yeah. So tell us a little bit about the case that you wrote for the book. Um, so the book is thriving in our times from reactions to action using logosynthesis, and in the book we have a number of cases from international professionals like yourself. And the case that you provided describes Ella, a teacher, who was feeling frustrated with what the work that uh, the students were sending in. And then she also felt guilty about it. So can you tell us a little bit about what shifted for in the work that you did with her? Yeah, as a first, it's it's great that that people reflect that way that Ella did, you know, and come to a, to a, to a coaching session to look at that. Because she realized it's, I could be a better teacher, you know, if I could change something around that. And then she got, she heard about logosynthesis and she came and that was the first step. That's great that, that people see, okay, I can change something, go into coaching with logosynthesis actually. Yeah. And she wanted to get kind of rid of this frustration on one hand and she feel, felt guilty at the same time because she was frustrated about kids. She thought they are not doing what they're supposed to do. And on the other hand, she realized that these kids 
uh, had some problems in writing and that made the guilt. She mm -hmm. thought she was, uh, I'm supposed to help these kids and I can't help them because I'm frustrated and I can't pick them up where they are. And throughout this session, the couple of ses sessions, it wasn't only one, I think it was two or three sessions we had. Uh, we came to, we talked about her own situation, her own history around writing, around school. And there uh, popped up and she realized that this, this frustration and all this guilt stuff, that that's had something to do with her own history around that. Because she had troubles in writing. As a child around 10, 12 years, she uh, had to write these essays, you know, and her mom told her, you can't, she, her mom looked at this essay before she gave it in and, and told her, hey, you can't give it in, that's impossible, that's too bad what you've written Eric. that's not for use. That was the first thing that happened, and she realized that this there was a connection between this happening to her and what happening to her reactions through to these kids. Yeah. And so we should start working on these blocks there. Yeah. And those blocks, uh, until we actually take the time to notice and connect with how we're reacting in the present, like what those thoughts, those emotions, those physical sensations are, we're not necessarily even aware that that create that's being triggered by something from a perception from the past that's we most people are not aware of that yeah that's 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 right and i think that's the first step to starting realize that might not have to do with what's happening uh, just now here yeah and i know for me like the um when i was initially introduced to the logosynthesis and introduced to willem I would say that I wasn't really aware of my, the impact of my reactions on other people. So I was working hard. I was going fast to get things done. I was, you know, strong and working hard to do things right. But um, when everything, you know, when the pressure built up, there's a lot of change and you feel like you have to do more, you get to a point where you end up reacting towards it. And so I would say on the one hand, there wasn't necessarily an awareness of how my reactions impacted others. But the other piece was I wasn't aware of a way to change how I reacted. So in the moment, I always had the same response. Like there wasn't a pause to think between that stimulus and that response. And so... Do you find that with your clients as well? And how does logosynthesis support that work? Yeah, I think what you're saying, that not only with the clients, that's something I know for myself as well, you know, that uh, before I knew about logosynthesis, it's, it got to know it. I didn't have a, a tool even how to cope with it. Perhaps I saw what happened that something happened, you know, with this stimulus and reaction. But I didn't know what to do with it, except to talk about it. And that didn't really help me. And I think that's the same for the clients, actually. It helped me to, to, to a certain point, but then it didn't go further on. Then it was more about coping, as you said, you know. And through this learning logosynthesis, 
uh, I got a tool to handle what happened. Also, to handle the stimulus at one at the one hand, and through handling the stimulus, handling my reactions to it. You know. Yeah. Yeah. And that uh, actually also helped me and helped the client to um, to have the courage, you know, to look at it because we know. I know, and they know that here is a tool to help you solve this. Yeah, and that helps to to not being scared anymore to look into it, even if if it looks scary at the moment, you know. Yeah, and I think when we recognize, and for me especially, I know that when I know that this a reaction is something that's being triggered by something other than what's in front of me in the moment, then it take some of the emotion out of it and it allows me to reflect on it and not only reflect on it but also resolve it so I now have a, a method that I can clear it and so that it doesn't continue to bother me anymore going forward and and for me there are layers and I have to decide if I'm doing self-coaching versus um, having someone guide me through the process it, it's kind of in layers but similar to what you mentioned working with Ella that it wasn't all in one session but um, just even knowing that we can work through it is a uh, it's very liberating to me that I can can kind of work on it. Yes, and, and I think that's the difference also just between self-coaching, you know, and going to a coach. It's important to go to a counselor or a coach to get these layers that you're saying, the ones that are a little bit deeper. And yeah. it's important to also get help there. Yeah, yeah. And to know that it doesn't have to continue to control you going forward, right? So you get, you go to a coach, you have it resolved, and you can move forward with yeah. without it. And especially now with what we're going through. So, you know, if you think of the teachers that are um, working in such a challenging environment, and to know that it's natural to respond. So one piece is, is I know know that I'm responding so I'm going to take time for myself away from work and that and I'm going to kind of manage what's expected of me and then on the other side when I know that I can notice how I'm responding and resolve those triggers then my energy is available for what's important to me so a lot of times when when I talk to people you know their work is important to them so if you're a teacher the students are extremely important to you and so when you can resolve what you're reacting to, you can be present with the students. And and that's very different than constantly being triggered by them. Yeah, It is, and I think uh, you get better. You get better in your job when you're doing that. And that's the great thing also about this, uh, this situation at the moment, you know, it's always also a chance to solve one trigger and each tr trigger I solved in this job I'm doing, I get better. Yes. That's the great thing. And you feel yeah. that. That's, yeah. That's what I love about it. You know? Yeah. Yeah. It's not, not only that I get peace around it. When, when I get peace, I'm better out there. Yeah, so people do notice, right? Like if, um, and that's what I notice as well. Like if I am calm 
and I'm not reacting to everything, people feel better around that. And so it holds space, I guess, for people around us to focus on what's important for them. Yeah, also like, like Ella, you know, when she went back, she was able to, after solving these couple of, of blockages here, she was really able to, to pick up these students and to really support them in their struggles with writing. Yeah, and that creates a learn. Yeah, it creates a learning environment that's right. And it and for a teacher, you only can control certain aspects of that learning environment. But when you can control your reaction to the students so that they feel comfortable exploring, like that's very rewarding mm -hmm. as a profession. It is. It is. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, nice. So in addition to your coaching practice, um, you also work with um, training groups. So both you train individuals for self-coaching, I understand, plus you train professional coaches, counselors, therapists in logosynthesis. And can you describe a little about it, this work and how that evolved and... Um, a little about your um, experience with that coaching in groups? Yeah, I think that's a great opportunity and uh, for learning. And actually, I, meanwhile, I think <laughs> you need both one-to-one -one coachings, but also in the groups. I think that's very, very powerful to be in a group and get to your as learn in groups about yourself and about technique. That's what, what I love about giving these trainings. It's not like to me, also in my, in my seminars here, it's not like just training logosynthesis, you know, um, knowing how to do it. It's uh, also a big part of these trainings of these uh, seminars are around the own, my issues that I bring in and work on them. Mm -hmm. One part is learn, learning to work with logosynthesis with others, and the other part is what happens to me actually here in this group and in the work the others are doing and in the work that I'm doing with myself here. That's what I love about it. This parallel, you know, one theoretical part and the other a process part of uh, personal processes going on here. Yeah, And that's great learning. That's what I see, that it's really efficient learning. And, you know, through these interactions between the, the students going through the coaches learning here, you can learn something about yourself and triggers pop up. All of a sudden you see new uh, issues coming up for you. And that's great learning. And that's what I love doing in these yeah. trainings, really. Yeah, so the, and that's what I find with logosynthesis that the technical piece is such a simple method, but there's so much of the personal development piece. So um, when we start looking at ourselves as individuals and how we show up every day, there's the elements of the immediate surroundings that we're in, but also our cultural attitudes and our beliefs and things that we've grown up with that have been reinforced as to how to operate and 
And some of those are, are really beneficial to guide us forward, but sometimes they kind of short circuit when the world's very different now than, than when I grew up. And so we can continue to be stuck in those old patterns, or we can notice what it is that's getting in our way of going forward. And especially with our children, with our coworkers out in our communities, like, I, and in our relationships, like I find it is, um, just so liberating to be able to notice. And then I decide whether I want to work on it or not, but in the group and it, it kind of, uh, in the group setting composed compared to like a self-coaching or it ends up creating a space where you're curious to explore what if and and that and you hear somebody present an issue that's bothering them and it doesn't have to be that big of an issue but it's like oh well maybe i could resolve that and not have to have that get in my way going forward so yeah it's very yeah the, for me, the group setting, and I have never been one to do group setting stuff, but the no. the structure of logosynthesis makes it, um, I'm trying to think what the word would be, if it's enjoyable or if it's curious or if it's intrigued, but there's something about it for me, because we're not just sitting around talking about stuff and, and never resolving anything. It's always so intriguing to say, how could that possibly impact my behavior or my perspective in the way that it does? And you, yeah, it just, it opens up such great space, I think. Yes. And, and I, I see each time it's, it's a bit big trust in the group, you know, and this field of the group holding, mm -hmm. something happens to the people in there. That's yeah. so beautiful to see, you know, yeah. when we start the seminar, day one till day three, something happens there on day three, it's completely different. It's the, you know, these people, they, they are just as a, a sounds a bit weird, but it's like a family, you know? Yeah. Yeah, it is. It is. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. And it's interesting. And especially because I don't come from, I mean, over my corporate career, I've done a lot of group sessions and things like that. And, you know, you kind of go in with your objectives and what you're coming out with and look what we created. Um, and, and this is, I don't know, it's just, it's intriguing to me just to see what, um, kind of shifts and, uh, and just exploring what's possible, I guess. So, yeah, I could talk about this all day, Kristen, because it was me too. <laughs> yeah. But I want to say thank you so much for sharing your expertise and your insight and, um, the examples of your work and so beneficial for leadership, for personal development, for parenting. And um, I encourage everybody to pick up a copy of the book, Thriving in Our Times, From Reaction to Action, Using Logosynthesis. And I also encourage people to find Kristen, and I'll put your information at the end of this video and in the, uh, in the link. So thank you so much, Kristen. Thank you, Kathy. Thank you. Thank you for listening to Why Logosynthesis Works. We hope you enjoyed today's episode and gained valuable insights into the power of logosynthesis. 
Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast and join us next time as we continue to explore the transformative potential of this innovative approach to personal growth and emotional healing so that you can unlock your potential in work and in life.